and welcome back to the PG Nip. We're broadcasting today live from an iPhone 3GS attached to a wire thrown up a tree. The CRTC keeps cracking down on us, but luckily, we just watch pump up the volume and have lots of wire and lots of trees. So good luck, Packerheads. Good evening and welcome to the show. We've got the very well-respected Nurse Mary Jo Swiggins standing by the phones here for your preferably non-urgent medical questions that you were too embarrassed to ask Alexa, Siri, or Jeeves. Let's go to it. We've got our Mr. Randy Lampkin on the line. Uh, hello, hello there, Nurse. Yes, what can I help you with? Well, now, I've been having aches and pains in me left leg, something horrible every morning. Usually right after I get myself back home from the post office. Oh, dear. No, no, that does not sound good. And so, how long does it last for? Well, usually until I put down a couple good belts of whiskey and a half a sausage or so. They make a darn fine sausage over yonder in Dornock. Hmm. The medical profession doesn't recommend using alcoholic spirits to address chronic boredom or pain much these days. Well, if you're over 35 years old, that is. So, can you describe what your morning routine is when the pain starts? Well, as I was relating, I gets up each morning. Things are generally fair in the middling, except my coon dog is typically already looking at me hungry-like, and there's nothing but god-awful news on the telly about that uppity poofter dog Ford. But it has me a cup of tea and it milks the chickens, and then I likes to go get the mail down the road there, see? Well, I gets in the pickup, and now sometimes it's hard to get into gear on a frosty morning, but, well, hell, don't we all know that feeling? And my, my youngest son, the one with the teeth, well, he rebuilt the clutch last summer, and it worked pretty well for a good spell, but, hell, I don't want to get rid of her. She's a good truck, and I like my trucks how I like my women's. That is, 35 years old without too much rust in the box. Har, 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 but anywho, about the time I get to the post office, my leg is quivering something fierce and feeling poorly like it's all bogged up with vanilla pudding and cat shit. Okay then. Well, okay, I think I've got some good news for you, Randy. We have studied several cases of this in medical college. So I think what's happening is that your son put the flywheel clamps on upside down. And there's not enough pressure in the clutch pedal solenoid to fully penetrate the transmission caliper. So instead of smooth, easy shifting, your poor old leg has to fight against all of that affirmative action. And you end up stomping around on it like, like a one-legged man trying to kick a football up an escalator. Well, now you don't say... I do indeed. Now, Randy, you go and get that lazy arsewipe son of yours to drop that transmission again and fix it up proper, and you'll be good as gold. That's just lovely. I will try that. Thank you again, Nurse Wiggins. Well, there's another satisfied customer, and we'll get back to listening to these fascinating and sometimes very graphic medical problems of our friends and neighbors right after this short message from our sponsors. I first tried it when I was about 14 years old, down at the beach, at the cafe. I knew a lot of older kids and adults who were doing it too, and it made me feel more grown up. At first I told myself, hey, this isn't permanent, I can quit any time. But soon enough I was deep into debt and it was too late. It was only supposed to be weekends to start. I don't even really know how it happened, but... Now I'm 46 years old and it literally has consumed my entire life and taken away my freedom. 
every waking moment from Monday to Friday, and sometimes on the weekends too. That's all I think about. Get help before it's too late. Don't let full-time employment destroy another life of leisure. A message from the Association for Dawdlers, Idlers, Loafers, and Lollygaggers. And we're back with Nurse Mary Jo Swiggins, and she's helping the community with some free medical advice this morning on the show here. I reckon it's some real community service for y'alls. More like condition and parole. Okay, now we've got Jerome Swiggins on the horn here. What's your concern, Jerome? Uh, hey there, uh, Mary Jo. Jerome, is that you, dear? <laughs> I'm on the air here. Is it important? Uh, yeah, I was trying to find out, uh, find, uh, do you, do you know where the big extension cord went? Well, didn't you have it last night out in the backyard when you were chasing that rooster around with the vacuum cleaner? Yeah, but it ain't there anymore. Well, I can't really help somebody with your condition right now. Can't you just use those two shorter cords plugged together? There's that one in the bathroom for the heater you can take, you know? Oh, that's a great idea. And also, can you bring home some molasses? Goodbye, Jerome. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we've got uh, Melvis on the line here next. Hi, nurse. I was wondering if you could help me. I- I'm not sure who to turn to. I've been on antidepressants for the last five years, and it's not really helping. Everywhere I look around, it's just all impending environmental collapse and war and wildfires and social dysfunction. And you need $800,000 to buy a house in Balaclava, and it's just, it's just all too much. My head hurts just reading the news, and... Are there any new medications I can take to remedy my ailments? Well, there have been lots of exciting and or disturbing new research in understanding the cause of depression in the last few years. And what the doctors are discovering now is that most of these pharmaceutical pills don't do a darn lick of good. Well, unless you're the shareholder, that is. Uh, But what several prominent think tanks are proposing right now, and I've seen good results with many of my own patients. Well, before I go too far, are you under 35 years of age, Melvis? I'm 23, ma'am. Okay, perfect. So in that case, what I would prescribe to you is maybe two to three shots of Canadian whiskey each day right around lunch, and then maybe a few bucket tokes of mid-grade hashish in the early evening. You'll be right as rain in no time. You know, that's what WebMD recommended too, but I wanted to talk to a real medical person, you know? You can't just trust everything you read on the internet. Well, ain't that the goddamn name of truth? Good evening. Our legal counsel of Penny Whistle, Rosenthal, and Cornbread has advised the producers of the Practical Guide to Nothing in Particular to clarify that Canadian Tire Corporation is not an official or unofficial sponsor of this broadcast, and that the Practical Guide to Nothing in Particular has now ceased to make any claims of off-label uses of its line of job-made products. And now a look at traffic. Main Street's flowing well from Cedar to Birch, but things are a little sticky at Maple. From the looks of it on the webcam, there's a pop-up artisanal platypus cheese event in the old McKay's building that's got a lot of people interested in rubbernecking. Big Dave from the bike shop called in to say that he thought he saw a raccoon on Poplar at around 6 o'clock this morning, but it might have been just a cat. Best to play it safe. Take precautions and plan your route accordingly. Lastly, don't forget that the Cunningham Parkway will be closed this weekend in front of the Legion from Friday at 5 p.m. until Sunday at 9 p.m. for the Arts, Crafts, Crypto, and Renaissance Fair. 
This just in, we've got some amateur drone footage from the sheriff's nephew and it seems traffic is becoming quite congested directly across from the hospital farm with people congregating at the fence line again. This is the third time this week we've had the same situation and it is allegedly due to the second eldest hospital daughter having recently taken up sunbathing in the front yard in a rather minuscule two-piece bathing suit which she must have ordered from the big city since we certainly would not sell such items in our local shops. Next update at the top of the hour. Hi, Jason Something here from the Chamber of Commerce Report today. We've got a couple of new businesses which have opened up downtown, and we've got the owners in the studio to briefly introduce each one. So I'll start with Randolph Slink, who has recently taken over the lease at the old Earwax Emporium shop, used to be on Simcoe Street. And your new business is called Triple W Relay, which I understand is some sort of internet ISP provider service. Hi, Jason. Well, we're not exactly an ISP, but what we are offering is a new service wherein the members of our community who are not that technologically savvy or who haven't yet heard of computers or cell phones can still access the internet. So how it would work is that you might either call or fax in a request or query 24 hours a day, and our staff will look it up for you on their Googlers and then relay the information to you. Things like trying to find a good meatloaf recipe, or sometimes it might be someone wanting to hear a certain song, so we just load it up on YouTube and play it for you through the phone. Or there's some more advanced work too, like for example, there's an old man on 4th Street who has recently found out about internet pornography, and he's really keen on giant nipples. So we've got a staffer who photoshops pepperoni ends onto otherwise normal bare breasts, and then we just print it out and fax it back to him. Hmm, great idea! And how much do you charge for a service like this? Well, we have subscription packages starting around $25 a month. But that seems quite low for a 24-hour-a-day service. How are you able to pay your employees to be on hand around the clock to relay the queries with those fees? Oh, that's easy. We just outsource all of that to Nigeria. And I think the Nigerians then re-outsource that to Bangladesh and so on. It's a great system. Mmm, right. Okay, well, let's move on. So also today we've got Miss Mary Jambon here in the studio. And she's got an exciting new endeavor that has just opened up on Lake Street called Upswat. Good day, Marie. What sort of business have you brought here to town? Well, even as a teenager, I was always passionate about reducing waste and recycling household items. I started out of my parents' garden shed in 2009, doing things like rinsing out Ziploc bags and reselling them. But it wasn't long before I found a market that had been virtually untapped, in fact, I believe Upswat is the only business in the world with the certifications and equipment needed to do it. What we mostly do is refurbish plastic fly swatters. Wow, that's um, very interesting. What does that entail exactly? Like, do people bring you an old fly swatter, and then what? Well, Jason, it can be a fairly complicated procedure, which I think is why there's not a lot of competition in this sector. But basically what we do is give the swatter a good ultrasonic cleaning to get all those fly guts cleaned out, and then we adjust the tension and torsion on the shaft to the latest ergonomic standards. And then we can also add a Bluetooth module, which I think is the real selling point. Bluetooth? On a fly swatter? Exactly. It just makes so much sense when you say it out loud, doesn't it? We are living in a connected world, and today's consumers, especially the younger ones, like to have Bluetooth on everything they use. We can do the updates and maintenance to keep your old, worn-out swatters operating for years to come with successful insect obliterations. Hmm. So I notice you've taken over a pretty large warehouse there. I mean, there's got to be like, what, five or six different loading docks? Yeah, it's not an ideal situation, but it was all we could find on short notice. 
We've got about 65 semi-trucks coming in every day with fly swatters shipped from around the globe, so we've already got some building plans underway with the municipality to add on another five loading docks. We may even need to build some temporary housing for our workers, as I think we've got around 400 employees now, and as you know, accommodations are increasingly hard to come by in this town. Okay, well, that sounds great, and I'm sure Upswat will be a welcome addition to the town's economy. Good luck, Marie, and I hope everything works out for you in the new location. Okay, thanks for having me on. Take care. Oh, just a sec. There's a mosquito on your forehead there. Just hold still. <sighs> got him. Fucking Skeeters. Today on the Technology Report, in the aftermath of a rather unusual bar brawl, the practical guide to nothing in particular was able to acquire some top-secret tapes of an unreleased interview with Dr. Huxton Mandelbrot, a head engineer at Google Bionic Laboratories. We present this unedited recording now, and just as a warning to listeners, you may find this disturbing. Hi, I'm Michael Spackle from Vugan Biotech News. I understand that Google has really been making some huge advances in wearable biotechnology in the last few years. Can you tell me what it's all going to look like? Hi, thanks for having me. Well, let's put it this way. Now, you look like a modern young person, and would I be presumptuous if I were to guess you had a smartphone in the pocket of your, may I say, excessively skinny jeans? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And perhaps during the course of the day, you might use this phone, preferably a Google Pixel model, to send some text messages, maybe read some emails, listen to some least auto-tuned music, or use a search engine, preferably without an ad blocker installed, to look up some information? Uh-huh, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, Michael, do you not see the major bottleneck here in this system? Uh, uh... Look, I'm sure you're quite busy doing regular human things all day, but it must take you a good 45 seconds or so just to awkwardly extract that phone from your pocket each and every time you want to use it. And let me guess, sometimes you lose your phone or perhaps the battery runs out? Well, yeah, but I mean... What if I told you Google had a better way? Better than Google Plus? What? No, ne never mind. Okay, picture this. We're envisioning a future right now where you'll never have to drag around a battery-powered phone again with a flimsy screen prone to breakage and a bunch of separate apps each requiring their own stupid accounts and logins to use. Have you heard of the Google Glasses? Oh, okay, yeah, I kind of remember those. Whatever happened to that project? Uh, too many people were going blind and their dogs kept eating them. Uh, the glasses, that is. Anyways, what we've got now is four generations beyond that, and we're now in the final trials for the first commercially available internet-to-brain implant. It only takes about 15 minutes for the surgery and can be done at a booth at your local mall. The Google implant has all the advantages of the modern 5G smartphone, but it is bionically linked directly to your brain and central nervous system. Whoa, that's wild. What a time to be alive. So, what are some of the features that the implant will have? People are going to love this. Payments at a checkout? Just blink twice and nod. Take a photo? Squint. Change the Spotify playlist? Touch your ear. Want to know how much Vince Neil weighs these days or when the futzing bus will show up? Just think of any query that you would previously have had to type into the internet and the answer will instantly be in your thoughts. Want to watch tasteful non-violent pornography while you're waiting at the dentist office? Videos can now play in the bottom half of your eyeballs, nobody the wiser. And with the implant integration into the nervous system, we are now able to schedule and manage bodily functions. You're suddenly stuck in traffic and really have to go? No problem, that full bladder sensation can be turned off and the urine can be temporarily recirculated through unused organs such as the lungs. If you're a uterus person, you might, for example, reschedule your period a few days earlier so it doesn't interfere with your weekend. Do you like statistics, young man? Oh, absolutely. I have a tattoo of an Excel spreadsheet on my upper thigh. 
Well, right now with the current smartphones, it's all a mishmash of a dozen different apps and sensors you need to get the data you want. Sure, you can get a fitness tracker watch that'll count your steps and calories and heart rate, but with a Google implant, everything you see and do is recorded. And you can get a very handsome set of bar graphs, or with the pro version, some pie graphs, emailed or faxed to you every week. Things that most people would love to know but had no efficient way of keeping track of, like... Like how many kilograms of poo did I make last year? Well, yeah, yeah, it could do that. But more common things too, like percentage of Christian versus non-Christian thoughts. In total, how many naked ladies have you seen on the internet? And what were the top five closest moments to death you had that you never even realized? Very intriguing indeed. And I've also heard something about the implant social media integration as well, which personally would be a huge time saver for me as I'm already spending two or three hours a day posting trending falsehoods and editing selfies. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Well, once the implant is configured and calibrated to its host organs, each body part can also generate its own Twitter or Instagram feeds in real time. Like say, for example, you buy a new pair of shoes and you don't really have any friends or your friends can't afford no shoes and certainly won't give a shit about yours. Well, now your feet will be able to post their own Facebook updates of things like Right fucking on, man. Those old sneakers were killing me. And then your knees could post a thumbs up emoji and you could then like both of those posts. Or maybe if you have a bit of a drinking problem, your liver can post an update. Hashtag take a break, man. Hashtag seriously, we don't need another beer down here. Some people in the trials have found this really helps their mental health quite a bit too by having the body and mind interconnected in a way that was never really possible before. It's just some body positivity and good feedback, you know, when your body is now able to talk back to you, but by using actual English words instead of having to resort to random aches and rashes and unusual smells. Now, Michael, you seem like the type of fellow who might get picked on a lot and then would kind of stand there stuttering while the other person makes fun of you, is that right? I, uh, yeah, but I, mm, no, that's not fair. Exactly, you demented bread boffer. But here's another feature which could benefit people like you. We've got a new module for the Google implant that can generate witty arguments, comebacks, and sick burns in real time. No more finally coming up with that perfect retort to the arsehole downtown, but 12 hours later when you're at home on a couch. If you ever find yourself in a public disagreement or a road rage incident, you could have the implant choose a preset theme and just let it rip. It works by analyzing the best curses, insults, and biting sarcasm scraped from YouTube from similar altercations, and then all of the quick-thinking and stinging sarcastic snips are offloaded to the cloud, scanned for a copyright violation, and then algorithmically assembled into the best order for your particular conflict. The brilliantly mocking speech is then bionically mapped to your own vocal cords and mouth muscles in the dialect or accent of your choice. Wow, that sounds pretty amazing, Dr. Manabrot, but surely this is going to be pretty expensive, right? I mean, it must have taken billions just to develop this. Well, now, Michael, that's the best part. Thanks to our extensive lobbying, there are still numerous countries currently which have not specifically outlawed the use of the implant, Canada being one of them. And as part of the beta programming launching next month, the first million participants can get the Google implant installed at no charge. There would just be some carefully chosen ads from our marketing partners, which would pop up in the lower part of your vision field every so often. Ads? Like, how often are we talking? Oh, hardly any at all. Maybe 10 an hour during your waking day and 3 to 4 during each sleeping hour. Uh, well, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. I mean, I love seeing ads for products and services specifically tailored to my desires and or web browsing history. But how does it work for power? Like, with my cell phone, I can charge it in the wall outlet overnight. But surely this implant has a battery too, so... 
Well, each Google implant comes with a factory battery life of maybe seven days. It actually ranges from five to 10 days, depending on who was the foreman at the Children's Lithium mine that shift, you know. But when the implant battery gets low, it will first go into a power saving mode by shutting down one of your eyes, one arm, and one leg, which gives the user a bit more time to hobble home for a recharge. We've developed a mostly successful method of charging for the implant, where the user can simply stick their head inside a microwave for a period of between seven and 10 seconds on medium power. And if for whatever reason you need to do a firmware update or a reboot, you just hold a finger in your left ear quite firmly for approximately five seconds while simultaneously slapping your forehead. So what if I decide to get the implant surgically installed and then after trying it for a while I don't like it, can I get it removed? Absolutely not. Okay, well I guess that about wraps it up. Thank you Dr. Mandelbrot, looking forward to seeing these on the shelf at Radio Shack very soon. The Practical Guide to Nothing in Particular was written and produced for no particular reason and for a budget of practically nothing. We release new episodes on a sliding scale of between two weeks and 20 years. Listeners are advised not to take anything too seriously, especially life. All medical and legal advice offered on the show is for entertainment purposes only. All science and technological reports are entirely true, except where prohibited by clergy. Also, please stop sending us proposals for Iranian industrial developments. That is the other PG nip. <laughs>